Welcome to Hearness, Contemporary Art Practices for Connecting Body, Place and Space. At Hearness, we acknowledge the deep connection to land and waters by First Nations people all around the world. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Breen-Lovett, and this month on Hearness, our guest is artist and surfer Leah Cremonese, who is currently living just west of the Blue Mountains in Candos, home of the Cementa Festival. Leo engages with practices of painting, installation, Vedanta and Zen to work with the energy of the land. Leo currently has an exhibition on at the Western Plains Cultural Centre in Dubbo, New South Wales, that runs until September 6, 2020. This exhibition of paintings and installations is called The Colour of the Invisible, where Leo draws on his experience of hearness in the bush and his connection to metaphysical energies to create works that exist in their own right, but are imbued with the kinds of resonances found in realms beyond the human. Where did you live before you came to Australia and did you experience the landscape differently? Yeah, I was Brazil. Um, I'm from a small country town, but I lived in Rio for most of my the time that I was there. In a way, it's more spoiled than here. Like mo- most of the places, not, not as much as Ireland or Europe where, like you said, almost everything has been touched. It's not. There's lots of, um, if you think about Rio, those huge rock faces, you know, there's more of that elsewhere as well, being kind of usually smaller because those are pretty magnificent. Um, You know, those things are not touched. There's a huge forest there, Tijuca, um, which now is really lush, beautiful tropical rainforest with monkeys and all sorts of animals and you know birds and but that was all coffee uh, like for for 200 years or so maybe three not really sure the dates but until till the 19th mid 19th century maybe 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 even beginning of 20th century that, that was all coffee yeah. coffee plantations and it, it has regenerated wow so yeah so it's amazing, like the, 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 the power to regenerate is, is, is great as well. But, it, it's, it, but we can't have this false 
sense of okay, well, let's do whatever. It doesn't matter because it will regenerate. You know, it's it's you know we gotta kind of it's not it's we could go too far, and we do sometimes in some places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, I, I can't really I can't really compare Australia with Brazil with any kind of certainty because I just haven't had those experiences there. I wasn't really that aware, that present as I am now. I'm curious to know from an energetic sense because I've had a shift from moving from the Blue Mountains to moving to by the sea. The energy of the beach, it's so... <clears throat> It's so vast and it's so easy to go into this nothing space. And, but I think um, maybe the land can be a bit richer in that, that, that perhaps there's more kinds. Like I said, so there's heavier places, there's lighter places, there's, you know, there, there's, and so it's more subtle, harder to access, but once you access it, you, you feel more the, um, the distinction between different ones. You know, I, and I feel with the, the few places that I go around here, the mountains, Combi Melon there behind Candace, that's hugely powerful. And that's, and it's kind of harsh. Like if to get up there is hard work. And then once, once you get up there, it becomes a bit softer, but it's kind of, there's different little pockets of it. Um, and some of them, there's one particular place that's really intense. And I wanted to make a work there where I took maybe four or five people up there. Um, but I felt I couldn't. I felt um, it didn't really want to see a lot of people. Yeah, it was only a year or so later I took one person there that I really liked. Um, the person who put me onto Vedanta and that really understands this kind of stuff. I took her there and we had a, a good, you know, we spent a bit of time there and, and I said that that would be to me it feels like a big wave spot like somewhere where the, a lot of energy concentrates into a huge peak and it kind of comes you know like and it's it, it, it's exhilarating but scary yeah and I, so the place I don't go there too often but it's a very special place that I like it works Klandala is a lot more welcoming it's a lot more uniform a little bit yeah, the flows there are a bit kind of gentler, yeah. And it seems like that energy can move and change also at times. It's like you might go back to the same spot and it's quite different energy than what you experienced before. There's something that I felt as well when you said, you know, that land, that particular spot of land that you went to where it didn't want you to bring anybody else or many other people. Yeah. The feeling of connecting to the earth and the trees, it feels like it can weigh you down into a very, well, for myself, it can weigh me down into a very physical embodiment, whereas the, the sea lifts me right out of that into kind of a much lighter energy. Yeah. And I just wondered what, what your experience is. No, no it's interesting. Um, I'll start contradicting you. And then I'm gonna agree with you completely. <laughs> <laughs> I think the sea, the sea is very sapping as well. Like if you go in it, like if you surf, 
you, you get completely sapped, like you get like really exhausted. Yeah. Um, it can beat you up and it can really kind of sap you. But having said that, um, what you said is, yeah, the, the sea is very easy. It's like you said, it's, it's, it's a very immediate form of energy. Even just standing next to it, you know, the wind is more present. The, 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 you can see the waves breaking, um, smell the air. Uh, you know, the atmosphere is loaded with salt and, and air. And I don't, I'm not sure, maybe it's because it's so open and, and, and so, so everything can flow. Like the, the more metaphysical energy can probably just flow more freely, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a feeling of, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's very accessible. It makes the sea makes energy very accessible. After I started getting into this kind of working way of working here, I went back to I went to uh, headlands and you know with vegetated headlands, but but everything else like just back from that is built up or it's being touched somehow. And, and I felt like those headlands went really alive, like like here. Like this, the ocean was, the ocean was there, it was beautiful, it was, you know, you feel all the energy that we've been talking about, but the, the bits of rock that was still there, <clears throat> relatively untouched, it's like there weren't as many spirits living there anymore, basically. I was working on Manus Island, the detention center in Manus Island, teaching art. That was an amazing experience, it was really interesting to see what it was like for them, where they're coming from, like what kind of people they are. Yeah. That's the asylum seekers and, 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 and the relationship with the various people who worked uh, and politics around, all of that is very interesting. But what really grabbed me was the locals, the local culture. What was it like? Well, like really, really like in the ocean. Right? They, they live with the ocean, with the land. Yeah. Very tribal, like little clans. Yeah. Every, every, no one owns land. It's just yeah. the clans. And they're very spiritually based. And, and, and this whole supernatural realm is really present. You know, like, but it's heavy. Mm. I wouldn't do this work there. I'd be too scared yeah. to, to open up. It's things like old trees usually have spirits living. Yeah. Um, if you cut a tree and you don't ask, the spirits during the night, people hear this person screaming and crying and they're dead in the morning. Wow. You know, like, or they're completely beaten up. Um, it's like, it's, ooh, it's like, it's real. And, and what happened is because there's surf there, there's good surf there. Um, the kids, they ride little planks of wood mm. and then they stop as they get older. And, but they're cute, like they wanted to jump in the water with me. Yeah. So I started, we started a surf club. But anyway, that was like the experience that I had with, with that kind of supernatural. Yeah. You know, like, I wanted to surf in one spot and they said, no, no. And then after the guy said, my friend said, oh, the locals from that spot, they didn't want to go there because someone drowned there. Okay. And, and their spirit would be there and they could, could kind of grab me. So yeah. it was kind of, it was, it was full of that sort of stuff. So that's how I kind of started getting this you know exposed to this i already had that kind of inkling and my art was already to do with energy and matter and 
Yeah. Would you paint then from the experience of surfing? Would you? No, never. Um, and I haven't, I've never seen anyone do it successfully either. And I don't, I've never felt the need to do it either because yeah. I think it's all there, like it, it's already experienced it in the water. Yeah. I don't yeah. need to, to do it. Whereas in the land, surfing in the land, if you like, yeah, the land doesn't give that freely. So you need to do the pain to, to, to get, like, yeah. instead of paddling, catching the wave and standing up, you've you got to do a painting. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, you don't, otherwise, you never get to, to see that. Yeah. You know, sometimes you do like, oh, oh I, I stick my head in the world, like in the creek and look up and that's another way of doing it. Yeah. Um, Can yeah. you talk a little bit about... Um, like the actual process of the painting, is that a meditative ritualized experience as well as the kind of connecting to the place when you come back to the studio and you actually okay. do the painting? I, I pretty much just stretch a canvas and I start something when I feel I'm, I'm trying to, to, to get, either I have a vision, okay, I had a vision, I need to, to go and do that one. Or there's something that I want to, to explore and, and, and my experience in the place is not kind of telling me enough. So I started painting and through that I, I, I start to, to kind of see, you know, it, it, sometimes it reveals something of that place yeah. to me through the painting. But that thing is beyond language. Yeah, it's in the image there. It, 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 or, or there's something that I can't see. You know, sometimes I see energy, I see color, you know, energy as color. I see it fleetingly. I'm not, I'm not really, I can't tell the future. I can't heal. I'm not like a healer who can, uh, and I'm talking, not talking about a religious healer, more like a shamanic healer who does a massage on you and unblocks things. I, well, I never tried, but I, I don't feel like I can. And, and the, the visions are very fleeting, but I do see a little bit. And what do you but, think that is that you see? That you see? Is it ed like... Do you think it's energy, like yeah. different types I, of frequencies that are invisible to the eye? Yeah, look, at, yeah, I think I'm not sure what it is, um, but it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if I can't, like if I, in the way the painting is a way of showing that, but when even I can't see it. Yeah. So suddenly when I make a painting, it's there. It's an image of that. And, and look, and it won't be a precise image. So if you do it with honesty, like with a lot of sincerity and, and trying to get to it and with the right sentiment and in the right zone, uh, which comes from that, you know, like Melendez would have done his painting, then, you know, what comes there will have something to do with that thing you're looking for or, or you want to see. And I, I think it's really good to understand the kind of the layers of experience that you have that come into the painting, you know, the kind of beingness of the thing, mm. bringing that into the energy of that thing into the space or the painting, but, it, but it's not a representation. It's an energetic, non-language-based, non-recognisable uh, thing. Well, if you're doing an abstract painting like Kandinsky, you have to be completely um, present to the object in front of you, which is the painting. 
in the materials that you're making with and the energy you're using to, to put it in. Um, if you're doing like a, a Luis Eugenio Melendez, 17th century Spanish still life painter, you know, he's able to make you feel the coolness of the terracotta of the pot, you know, like, so he has to be really present to that and everything else, the plums, you know, you, you, can, you can feel the, how, how much pressure you're gonna need to put to, to dent it. You know, all of that's there, like it's breathing. And something that's so boring, a job with a few plums and a bread and a basket, boring. But it's so alive that it's no longer a jug and, and some bread. It's, it's actually, it touches your soul. Like, you know, you, can't, you get goosebumps, you, you know, like you're present, like you become present. It's an experience of here-ness. Yeah. You know, not, not to nature or, or, you know, or to a place, but to that. So, so basically, to make a painting that's worth making, you have to have that. Yeah. So back to your question. Yes, um, I do. I try not to get too caught up in, in the actual experience of the place because to, to do that, the best thing to do is to be in the place and experience it. You know, the painting will only be a second hand. So, so I, I'm more like a Kandinsky where the, the painting itself is the most important thing as far as the painting goes. <laughs> no, not in the world, but... Do you know anything about in the Bauhaus at the beginning of modernism when Klee and Kandinsky had been exploring spiritual spirituality and art and, you know, yeah. there was people using movement practices and things to connect with energy in space and, and then this whole rationalising of everything and all of that in architectural education anyway, got shut down and, and stopped. I understand in art education it continued, um, conversations around that, but it's interesting that in my architectural education of history, the kind of the spiritual or the energetic kind of aspects of design was really never discussed. Was that something in your art education that was openly discussed and encouraged? No. No. I think when I went to art school, I think maybe it may have, and I don't know this for sure, but I think it may have come back a bit. Yeah. I think now there are, there are more people looking at spirituality again. And I think they never stopped. There's, you know, Maria Amorvik and, and yeah. you know, um, Ernesto Hall. There's always been people doing it, but yeah. they went in the limelight exactly, you know, or, yeah. or they were too avant-garde for the education haven't yeah. caught up to them yet or something like that maybe i was feeling frustrated with very didactic kind of very mental way that art schools prescribe to to make art so you write a proposal this is what i want to do i'm a wog so the the what i was expected to do unofficially but really is cultural identity I didn't feel that really, like, why do I make art? It's because I'm alive, I'm consciousness. Yeah. And consciousness is a creative impulse. So since I'm that, I, I do it. I, I, it's my nature, I can't not. And I think that's enough. And I think that that's, when you looked at real artists from the past, like modernists or, you know, it was always like, they never explained, like Pollock, 
didn't explain what like he was doing. He was doing things, you yeah. know. And even like Cezanne, like this painter, you know, that everyone kind of reveres and rightly so. And it's like he didn't understand why he painted apples that looked like the rot thing. Like it did it. Yeah, and I think it's also something like what you you talk about a bit the unexplainable and having yeah. to put things into language and into intellectual thought that isn't thought at all. It's energetic, so you can't even put it into words. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. It's not compatible. No. And that's what Zen talks about, really. It's, it's, um, it's something that's there. And, what, and when you can realise that it's there and, and there's nothing else to it, um, that you can talk about that that's when you get that satori that feeling where oh you feel at one with 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 existence like you relate to it directly but as soon as you start to explain it or try to explain it you lose it you lose that straight away very Kandinsky in 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 that that you know he maintains that uh, an abstract painting a pure abstract painting is 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 a universe in itself it doesn't refer to something outside of itself but it's it's there and now seeing all my spiritual journey the more i go i i really i'm realizing that everything is connected yeah you know it's like fractal geometry where things repeat themselves in, in different scales and it, it's all connected so so the way our painting is, is built is is very similar to the way the world is you know you've got a bunch of materials, you know, from atoms all the way to rocks and metal. And, you know, you got all, all, it's all stuff, all materials. And you've got energy. Because I'll uh, be agnostic or atheist, I was thinking, you know, it, it's all by accident. Yeah. But painting is not art. Like you do, there's, you know, the Zen kind of, you know, you can splash something and, 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 and there's a beautiful accident there. Uh, but most of the time, it's not. It's not good. You know, it doesn't doesn't always work. And for it to work, you have to be in the zone as well. Yeah. yeah? So if you're in the zone, often maybe you make it, it. It might happen more often. But usually, it's not enough. Like usually, you need that consciousness. You know, you need that that intention. Uh, not a literal intention, but you do need some kind of intention. You need you need your your, your awareness as well. As as the material, as the matter and the energy. Yeah. So in the universe, you need the the awareness is there too. Mm. You know. So it really is monotheism. The problem with monotheism is comes from the presumption that nature is perfect. Mm. You know, God's perfect and everything's perfect, which it's not. Like you can it's clear that it's not. <laughs> you know, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's a it's a limitation. Uh, the medium, whatever the medium is, the matter and the, and the energy, uh, there are limitations to it. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, oh, you know, if you try, try, he's trying, <laughs> but things, are, but we're don't, not helping. <laughs> don't you think it's kind of perfect in its imperfection? Like, is, is there even a concept of perf something being right and wrong or perfect and imperfect? I don't know. It's not right and wrong because that, that implies, to me, that implies that it's a mistake or, or it's, or, or it, there's like a, almost a moral implication. Yeah. Um, I think, but I really think the medium is not perfect. Yeah. 
it struggles, like the consciousness kind of struggles to, 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 to keep it all together. The one thing that I, I came across is Vedanta. The Vedas, are, are the Sanskrit texts where you know, Buddhism comes from that, um, and then there's a whole lot of other modern gurus that are kind of based themselves in that. Yeah. Um, what I find with, I think Buddhism can, can sound a bit complicated, a bit convoluted, you know, because there's been things added on. Whereas Vedanta is just the, just the pure, there's just the beginning. Mm. And, and, and the concept's very simple. So we're awareness, there's nothing else to it. We live, we die, nothing matters. And yeah, and they kind of say, yeah, they, they explain this concept of awareness creating everything and, and we being that awareness and everything else is all the same thing, but, but reality is like a, like a reflection. Yeah. It's like an image and, and it's not really in it, uh, but we perceive it as if, as if it is. And, and, the, and the biggest, the first mistake, and that, that's not my word, that's what uh, Guru um, said, that we can't see that. That we because can't see of, what? What can't we see? That, that we, who we really are, mm. that we are awareness. Okay. And that's because all our senses, you know, touch, smell, taste, sight, hearing, everything points outwards from us. So everything that we see is not us, is the objects. Yeah. We can't see who we, we actually are. And, that's, and then there's, a, like, there's this feeling of emptiness, of loss. So we, like, what are we doing? This, you know, we lost here and we've got to navigate this. You know, and then there's the jiva, which is us, uh, our individuality um and we don't know that so kind of so even when when we do know that then we can kind of relax a bit and when you become enlightened like it's not like your life changes and suddenly everything works no like you still have annoyances and you know you've got to so so that's the tricky bit you've got to kind of navigate you, you can't kind of do things expecting a return kind of thing you need to kind of do do what you think is right and, and then whatever comes, you've got to accept. Yeah. Do something else, and, and you just kind of, that's the kind of general gist of it. Mm. Um, and actually, I made this work that it's, I call it a board game. It's just a piece of wood, and there's four little objects on it, a couple of rocks and a bone and, and something else. Um, so there's the pieces there, but there's no instructions. Like you don't know how to play the game. You move the pieces, but it's not the, there's no aim. There's no, yeah. you know. But the thing is, no matter how you place them, and that's, that's the optimist side of it, no matter how you place them, it, it, it looks good, kind of. <laughs> kind of <laughs> so, so, you know, so in a way it's like, okay, we just go along with it. We just move our pieces and, and things kind of fall into place as well, you know? Yeah. You know, all, all of this here this thing, all this my work now, it's I was gonna say it's it's really all meaningless. It's um but in a in a perfectly fine way. It's like it, it's gotta be meaningful in that it's gotta touch people. Yeah. And I think, like you said, we need to share this because I think if people don't love the land, then they'll destroy the land. You know, so it, it so there is that. Yes, there is that for sure. But I think um, 
But at the end of the day, it's just my way of passing time between surfs. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Leo Cremonese discussing the deep wave energy of land and sea. Leo's paintings and installations really do capture a unique vibrational frequency that resonate deeply. You can see links to Leo's work along with all social media links and references discussed in the show on hearness.org. This includes information on the sound work for this month's episode, which comes from Wei Zen Ho, supported by Blue Mountain City of the Arts. Wei Zen is a movement and sound performance divisor who has created the Prelude and Coda signature sounds for Hearness. We shall leave you with this now to drift off into your own sense of Hearness, your body, your place and your space. Until next full moon, goodbye.